listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. Alright, folks, sorry about that sidebar. But those were a uh, few stories I wanted to put in at the beginning, and I totally forgot. And then um, I forgot to add them to my notebook. And so I said, you know what, let me stick those in there because they're very important. I had to mention them. So now let's pick back up. Uh, We're at the end of the question that was answered by Cece, the head of the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub. And so we're going to kick it back, I think, to Kathy, the host from Bloomberg. Speaking about just moving ahead and not hesitating, uh, that's why we waited to get you right here to answer this question and to to bring this to the table because you're actually doing it, Governor Barry Wargio. You're not, you're moving ahead on many, many fronts. I know you're working in close partnership with Cecilia, uh, but trust, I believe Queen Maxima mentioned that in her remarks and uh, there's all different kinds of trust. You don't want the tax collector to look over your shoulder. You might be worried about being hacked. There's so many things. So what are, what are the issues there that need to be dealt with? And so far, as you design your model for your CBDC, it's going to take a while maybe, but how are you dealing with that? Uh, thank you, Catherine, for uh, this question. Before I- okay, so this is Perry. He is the Bank of Indonesia governor. That's the central bank there. And he was also executive director of the International Monetary Fund from 2007 to 2009. Let's continue. Doing that. Let me thank the two ladies in the world that the heart always financial inclusion, including Indonesia. Queen Maxima, thank you for always putting heart on Indonesia. Also, MD Kristalina. Financing inclusion. Yes. Here, here. Financial inclusion, that's what he's saying. Financial inclusion, inclusion, inclusion. How do you like enslaving the people of Indonesia, sir? That's what I'd ask him. Let's continue. Every time I heard financial inclusion, I always remember two. Woman and my late mother. Why you do that? Two-thirds of 65 or 5 million SME in Indonesia is driven by women. So if we progress on the inclusion, woman empowerment, the welfare of the family, as well as the leaders of every country, including myself, my late mother's SME. Okay, so he's talking about woman empowerment through financial inclusion. So he's saying that women lead the family, women rear the kids, women now are in politics and everything else. So we need to make sure we include the women. And so... Folks, it's it's about enslaving the women, too. So you're going to take the woman in charge of the family and you're going to strap her into the CBDC system. That's what he's talking about. Uh, let's continue with this guy. Not passing elementary school. Thank you, Queen Maxima and MD Krista, always putting financial inclusion in Indonesia. Three keywords for social trust. D, E, F. Clear. One, D. Digitalization. What we mean by digitalization? No. Digitalization, he's saying. D-E-F. Digitalization. Straight to the CBDC. Digital payment system. Use your QR. 
use your fast payment, very cheap. And then by also design the proper CBDC. So he's holding up his phone. He's saying, use your QR code. In Indonesia, I believe they actually are using a QR code system. So you open your phone, people scan your QR code, and then it comes right out of your CBDC wallet. Digitization of payment system and then CBDC is the key one of the trust. E, empowerment. Those SME need to be empowered on how they do the economic activity, SME, yeah. entrepreneurship, marketing, product development. Yeah. You talk about this, so he's talking about empowerment now. So DEF, D was digitalization, digital payment system, QR codes, right, attached to CBDC. Now he's saying empowerment. He's talking about marketing. He's talking about the adoption campaign. How do you force people into the system, corral them onto the cattle car? That's what he's talking about right now. Empowerment. F, financial literacy and customer protection. This okay, financial literacy and customer protection. It's very important. To protect them, to teach them, to be digitalized. This teach them to be digitalized, right? I told you this is all part of what's going to go into the indoctrination of the young folks, right? This is what they're going to be teaching in school now. So instead of the old days where you learn to balance a checkbook, now they're going to teach you how to operate digitally. Uh, I don't have this, but I heard about it. A friend of mine told me, this is years ago now, the newest Monopoly game, I believe. It could have changed now. Maybe it's Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or something. But the, the one of the latest Monopoly games, you actually have a debit card you're using or a credit card instead of using the uh, cash. So they're already training the children to do this. So most people would watch this. This is why I don't just pull clips and I analyze entire discussions because we're getting value, valuable intelligence out of every single one of these people. So most people would blow through this because it's hard to understand it with his accent, but we're pulling a lot of very important information out of this. So they're running on the DEF system, digitalize, empowerment and then financial literacy so that has to do with uh, empowerment he said is marketing uh, it's the adoption and then you have financial literacy which is driving people into the system the heart of indonesia g20 presidency two of the six priority agenda on the finance track under indonesia presidency is on the digital season one advancing the cross-border digitalization of the payment system and designing the CBDC. All right, so he's talking about cross-border. They're really focused in Indonesia on the cross-border transactions. So for Indonesian CBDC to go cross-borders into other countries. BIS, IMF, you know, on the cross- And he's talking about Bank for International Settlements and International Monetary Fund helping. Border payment system. And we are making progress of that because the diseases of the payment system advancing with the correct program uh, performance indicator that toward digitization of the payment system. Indonesia, 20 million of our SME already digitalized SME using QR, fast payment, very cheap, very fast growing. We are also advancing to ASEAN 5. Indonesia, 
Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore, as well as Philippines will be cross-border connectivity on the digital payment system. Okay, so he's talking about all the surrounding co uh, countries around Indonesia that are all going to be connected through the cross-border central bank digital currency system, and they're really pushing the idea of the QR codes. Man, I should have invested in that a while ago. Screwing financial inclusion. While under G20, we are working closely on the proper design of CBDC. We will talk with the wholesale, retail, choice of platform technology on that correct design of CDCC. Okay, so he's talking about working with the wholesalers, working with the retailers. I've talked to you about this before. They're going to control the entire system from the central bank. And remember, this guy's the head of the Indonesian central bank. From the central bank to the commercial bank, and then from the commercial bank to the consumer, me and you, but also the commercial bank will control the manufacturers. They're going to control the wholesalers. They're going to control the distributors. They're going to control the truckers they're going to control the retailers they control the entire supply chain and this is why i've told you time and time again this is what technocracy is it's the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services it goes all the way back to 1919 through the late 1930s when all the plans and the blueprints were drafted up, when this was all architected. Uh, obviously not how the technology worked, but how the system, the ideology, the methodology behind the system works. So you really need to go back and listen to my podcast on the history of technocracy if you have not done so. Let's continue. Second agenda is harnessing digitization for financial inclusion. Thank you, Guin Maxima, for always putting hard on global partnership of financial inclusion. We put digital uh, on the financial inclusion. So many model businesses in the world, from Indonesia, from India, from Mexico, from Latin America, from Africa, the model business of this digitalization is working. Okay, so he's talking, he just keeps praising Queen Maxima, and he's talking about uh, digitizing money, digitizing money. He's talking about different countries that are all getting on board with this. Now, Kathy from Bloomberg is about to cut in because I think she realizes it's pretty hard to understand what he's saying. Of course, I watched this a couple of times, so I know what he's saying, and that's why I'm able to break it down for you. Let's continue. A specific example, though, of what you're doing about trust. Because everything you said, you're moving in the right direction, but is there any in particular about that trust aspect that you think needs to be looked at? Any, do you have any specific sense with your team of what's the most important way? As you've all said, if a central bank backs it, great. But a lot of people don't pay that much attention to their central bank, right? But they do pay attention to these other things. So just, you know, in a nutshell, one thing, one thing that needs to be there. Okay, so let me just point out their teaching moment, and I mentioned this yesterday in episode 110, but she is supposedly a journalist from Bloomberg, and she just said to him, oh, this is great, you're moving in the right direction. So there's no questions about whether or not this is the appropriate thing to do, the ethical thing to do, is it really about freedom, is it really about liberty, or is this whole thing a scam, is it a scheme, is it a grift, is it to drive people into a system of slavery? No, she said, hey, oh, you're going in 
in the right direction. You're moving it forward. That's fantastic. Now, can you explain how you guys are building trust in this system? Basically, how is your adoption campaign running? How is your propagandizing of the citizens going? How is your mind control and your brainwashing working? How are the public relations teams doing this? How are you truly building trust? We really want to know that because Indonesia is one of these countries that is moving forward at warp speed with central bank digital currency. They're a test case for a lot of these other countries. So she wants to see how they are, how they are pushing people into this system without a major backlash. That's what she's interested and yet she's a journalist so she's not questioning the validity of this system she's actually on board with the system and she's just helping pull out the information that the central banking world needs in order to push this on to all of us ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back i'm going to push to a short break my name is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, so we're getting uh, a question here from Kathy from Bloomberg. From old Perry, the head of the Bank of Indonesia, their central bank, and she wants to know how he is building trust with the people of Indonesia and with the retailers and the wholesalers and the manufacturers. So let's continue. Always proper design or model business and as well as financial literacy and customer process because trust if you know the product if you benefit those proper design model business as okay. well as financial literacy and customer process then the trust the lack of the trust because those SME not being okay. enough protected by financial literacy and customer protection. Okay, okay. So you see what he's saying there? Did you understand what he said? So he told her trust is built by essentially creating buy-in for everyone. So he has to show everyone at all levels of the supply chain from you and I, the consumer, the customer, all the way up the ladder, that we're all going to benefit from this. So they have to show us what the benefits are, and then they can build trust with everyone within that system. And to keep stressing the idea of consumer protection and privacy, all these tag words, all the bumper sticker slogans, and now you know why they're all operating off the same talking points because this was obviously already uh, already uh, tested, market tested, and they know what's going to sell. They think this is what's going to sell, so they're going to keep talking about this. Now, my personal belief is these guys already know I think like with COVID land, the high school theater production, they run simulations and they know how many people are going to just go along with it. All right. And when they're wargaming this in the back room, the stuff that we don't see, 
they know that, let's just say in the United States, they can chip away 20% of the country with Social Security. I don't know, 5% of the country with disability. I'm just throwing some numbers out there. Uh, 30% of the country with welfare. And so they go, okay, boom, right there, we got 55%. They're going to just go along with it because they need the handout. Now, we'll take all the gig workers that are struggling. There's between 50 and 60 million gig workers in the United States that do it either part-time or full-time and we'll offer them ubi all right boom there we go that's another 20 percent of the country so they could start chipping away now they have to say all right who's left the resistors the people like you and i that let's say didn't wear a mask or maybe we didn't get a covid test or we never got the jab how are we going to get the resistors in all right let's break down that group oh okay we have some entrepreneurs there all right, we're going to offer this as a payment system for their business. Well, they don't want to take it. All right, well, what are they using to process payments? Are they using Square? Are they using Stripe? Are they using QuickBooks? What are they using? Do they accept Venmo? Do they accept Google Wallet? Do they accept Apple Pay? Do they accept Cash App? Do they accept Zelle? Okay, well, we control all those companies. Now we'll just force them into that system through those companies, through their payment processor. All right, what about the hillbillies living out in the woods? All right, let's figure out how to draw them in. So behind the scenes, they have all these numbers, and they're coming up with the marketing plans and their system of inclusion, their system of coercion, and they're going to figure out how to threaten and force you into that system. This is how it works, folks. This is how it works. These are the economic terrorists. These are the central bank mafia bosses hard at work over here. And so Perry's pulling it off in Indonesia, and they want to know exactly how he's making it work. Let's continue. So let's go from trust and financial literacy, very important, to data to numbers, right? And Bo, that's where I want to bring you in because uh, how does the, is there data that is going to help Governor Rargio, help central banks and other entries around the world look at what's going on, how they get this done and get it done right? All right, so she's jumping back over to Bo Lee, the Deputy Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund. Now, if you didn't listen to episode 110, In there, Bo Lee actually admits that central bank digital currency is programmable money. And he actually mentions food stamps and welfare as an example. And he says we can program that so people can only spend it on certain things at certain places, certain times. And so he admits that. He admits it. It was a big takeaway yesterday from episode 110. Let's continue with Bo Lee. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. Uh, Indeed, uh, data is something we look very closely right now in terms of how to make this uh, CBDC ecosystem uh, attractive option for private sector participants. Um, For any CBDC ecosystem to be to work, we think we need public-private partnership. Okay, so he just said, how are they going to make this attractive to the so-called private sector? And it's going to rely on a public-private partnership. Well, as we know, everything is a public-private partnership already, right? It's all that already. When you have the central banks that they call part of the public sector, just meaning they are an extension of the government, let's just say they are an extension of the state. 
Well, they're filtering the money down to the commercial banks of the supposed private sector. And then the commercial banks fund everyone's businesses. So it's a whole system that comes from the state. It's all an extension of the state, folks. And so they, they've got us. They've got us. This is why sometimes I get frustrated because to me it seems like it's already there. It's just a matter of how fast they could build the technology. And I believe they can force the adoption pretty damn quickly. Uh, because if you own a coffee shop or you own a pizza restaurant and they make this the only way that you're going to be able to accept money and get money and then have tokens to go spend on the stuff that you need for your household, then they're going to drive you right into that system. All right, let's continue with Bo Lee. This is the Asian Yoda, ladies and gentlemen, Yoda from Star Wars. That is, central bank will issue the obligation, but we have to rely on private sector to innovate, to distribute, to serve the population. So we think a successful CBDC ecosystem has to be built on a PPP, right? Public-private partnership. Mm-hmm. Now the question comes, how to make this ecosystem attractive to private sector players? That's a challenge. Because if you think about it, how to make this a profitable business for private players? And we have seen this challenge in many of our member countries. And one idea we have, in fact, several of our members are also experimenting, is data. Okay, so let's just pause right there while he's talking about data. As we know, Yuval Noah Harari, king philosopher of the World Economic Forum and the false industrial revolution, talks uh, openly about data. Data is the new gold. He says that those who control the data will be the gods of the new era. Those who control the data will be the gods of the new era. That's Yuval Noah Harari. And so you're going to see Bo Lee here. He's talking about the importance of the public-private partnership. How do you make it profitable along the chain? How do you allow all the so-called private sector partners you need to implement this system to lend their technology, their infrastructure? How do you allow them to grift off the system? How do you make sure they still get their vision? their commission, their royalty, their piece of the action. And that's how you create buy-in, just like with the climate change hustle industry. You need to get all these people on board with this to help you actually implement the system. And that's what he is referring to, folks. Let's continue. Because digital payment generates a lot of data. And this data can be very valuable. But of course, in order to make data generated by CBDC transactions to be valuable, central banks have to answer several questions. Okay, so what did he just admit to you there? In episode 110, he admitted that the money is programmable. All right, meaning they can prevent you from buying certain things, from buying from certain people, buying at certain times, buying at certain places. Uh, they could prevent you from traveling because if you can't buy gas or you can't buy a plane ticket or you can't pay to charge your electric car or they decide that your electric bill at home is too much. And so they're not going to let you charge at home anymore. And now he's saying we're collecting data off of every transaction and that data is very valuable. 
And the central bank is the one collecting it, folks, because they're not even pretending that it's a decentralized system, which is a flim-flam operation. We've explained that here at the Dust and Gold Standard. But this is a centralized operation. Uh, It's operating under the central bank. I mean, it's pretty much in your face, folks. All right, let's continue. Question number one, how to distribute such data to service providers in a fair and equitable fashion that will promote healthy competition among service providers. Question number two, how to protect data privacy? Because if you don't protect data privacy, you're gonna lose trust, right? That's Kathleen said about trust. You need to protect data privacy. Question number three, how to encourage innovation to unleash the value within those data because those data can be used in create a lot of useful financial products including credit underwriting and other value added services but we have to make sure those service providers who want to perform such kind of service they have to be properly licensed and regulated Okay, so you heard him there. Name three things, correct? So how do you get the private sector players, the commercial banks, the regulated non-banks on board with the system? One is how do you distribute all this data that they're collecting from me and you on our spending habits in a fair and equitable fashion, right? How do you protect the data, the privacy for you and me at the same time that you're distributing the data to these folks in a fair and equitable fashion, right? And then the third one is you have to make sure you have these regulated so-called private sector partners that you're bribing with the data being able to create products that they could then sell like credit underwriting, right? Which, folks, this is all adding up to, uh, I hope you understand this, social credit scoring, All right, so they're collecting the data on all of your purchases and all of your habits, all of your spending. This is all connected to your digital ID. And then they're going to package the data and they're going to use it for credit underwriting and all these products, things that are in existence today that you don't actually need in the new system. Because you may have access to credit, but you're not allowed to build wealth. That's all part of the trick of this thing. You see how it works, folks? This is why it is so important to listen to what these folks are saying, but coming from the place that we are, because we spent, what, the last, I don't even know, folks, 12 episodes on central bank digital currency, universal basic income, smart contracts, blockchain, Ethereum, the companies involved with this, the governments, Joe Biden's executive order. We are building this entire book here on this system. So when we listen to these conferences and these panel discussions featuring these top-level, high-ranking economic terrorists central bank mafia bosses we're actually able to understand what it is that they're saying folks i hope you get value from this and i hope you share this with your friends and family because this is the system we are in and this is the system we are moving further into and whether we're able to stop it i don't know but 
if we're going to end up in it, I want to understand it because I need to be able to work around it as much as possible. I am not thrilled about this, ladies and gentlemen. Unlike Tim Poole, I'm not going to say, well, uh, you know, uh, digital currency sounds like it could have many benefits. I'm willing to listen to people about it. It sounds scary, but it sounds really, really cool. That's what I would say if I was some kind of a shill, folks. Shilling for the technocracy. I don't want any of this. In fact, if this wasn't going on, I'd be sitting here doing a show about rolling our country back to pre-1913 and getting rid of the Federal Reserve. Unfortunately, right now I have to stand for keeping the system we have and not moving us further into the technocracy and then get back to fighting to returning us to pre-1913. Very dangerous stuff here, folks. Very dangerous stuff. We'll be right back. This is Dust Gold with the Dust Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 